So obviously we want to make sure we optimize muscle and not fat. And once we start doing that, then everything else starts to fall in line and we can start sleeping better, start making more money, we're more productive, um, our, our, our relationships get better because we're not as moody. So there's a <laughs> lot of, it really, it sounds funny, but yeah. our personality is actually in our gut. It's not in our brain. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, I got Linnell Beckles on the show today. He's the co-founder of OCAMS Fitness, the host of Entrepreneur Health Podcast, and he has trained collegiate, Olympic, and professional athletes. Welcome to the show, Linnell. Thank you. Super excited. And I'm glad to have you on the show. We met at the Austin Apex Meetup, and uh, you and I ha had a conversation afterwards, but during it, you know, I, I noticed when you did your intro, you dived right into kind of gut health and brain health, and I'm like, okay, this guy isn't just another trainer. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's diving further into it, understanding how your body works and how you can get results from it because of that. So that kind of piqued my interest, and we had a conversation afterwards. And uh, I've been on your podcast now, and there's a lot of alignment there. So I wanted to have you on mine as well. And so I would like to kind of kick it off with your your background. I was looking, I was I was stalking you on the internet, <laughs> and I, I was a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I was looking through your LinkedIn profile, and I noticed that um, you did. You were in tennis for five years. You were a strength and fitness coach for uh, a tennis team or a tennis division or? I, I have been both the strength coach and the assistant coach of a tennis team. Mm -hmm. um, I have kind of the odd uh, resume, uh, okay. all these different odd jobs that I've done just as uh, you know, a 20 and, and a 30 year old trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grow, grow up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do love tennis. I played all through high school. What, uh, even though I have a really big frame, mm -hmm. um, I did not go into the football world. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because those guys are just too big. They're, they're too big. <laughs> and, um, I have no interest in getting hit, <laughs> but tennis is really, is really good. So mm -hmm. uh, I got a chance to coach a D3 team and uh, had a blast with it. Loved it. Awesome. So let's dive into the uh, Olympic and professional athletes a little bit. How did you get those opportunities? Did that come from tennis or was that? No, that actually, that actually came after, uh, that actually came way before tennis. So tennis, okay. I played in high school. Uh, I did my thing in, um, in college had a few years where I was floundering, and then I got into strength and conditioning. Okay. And because uh, my master's program uh, had so many different connections with different strength coaches, I got a chance to actually go to the Olympic Training Center out in San Diego and actually train some of those athletes. And surprisingly, those are probably the easiest athletes I've ever trained. Um, you would think that they would be difficult, but Olympic athletes uh, will put their head through a wall if you tell them they will. this will help them get a gold medal. Yeah. So it, it was probably the, the easiest um, athletes to coach, but definitely the hardest to program for because they have such very tiny um, improvements that they need to make. That it's not as, you know, you can give them a regular program. You actually have to cater directly to their body. So everyone had their own program. Um, 
everyone had their own goals. So it was a lot of programming, but you know, it was, they, they were all specimens. They were all like magnificent, <laughs> crazy, can, amazing specimens. <laughs> I can imagine like I've worked with a few sales orgs, right. And you know, some of these sales orgs are incredibly high performing sales orgs. So when you go into it, you're like, all right, I'm going to make you like 2% better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's, exactly. That's what I'm after here. That, that 2% difference, you know, versus, you know, going into, uh, a smaller company that's maybe doing a million or two million just starting their sales team. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna take you to, to five and six million. We're gonna, you know, four X your current production, you know. So I completely understand what you mean there. But Yeah, it's it's the same way. Yeah. I, I think you hit it on the on the head is, you know, um for someone who's making fifty million in their sales team to mm-hmm. take them to a hundred million is one or two tweaks where yeah. someone who's just hit the million dollar mark is like, Oh my gosh, your ceiling is super high. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess where, how did you go from, you know, training Olympic athletes in San Diego to opening up your business in Austin now? I, yeah, I guess so a lot happened in between. So much happened in between. It's a long road. Um, uh, Right after the Olympic training, Olympic athletes, I went back to a Division two school Mm -hmm. and started working with those athletes. And I actually like working with uh, collegiate athletes because you filtered out all the high school athletes who don't take it serious. And now you're getting into a level where they actually are somewhat getting paid to 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 play for their team mm-hmm. and so they're really motivated most of them are motivated to actually work out so i really enjoyed that and then after that um i met my my wife at the time my ex-wife at the time now uh and moved out to uh boston where i started working with harvard business school uh students so these were the type a business execs who were about to, you know, take over a large money of the, a lot of money in the world, and I was training these Type A individuals and really learning that they're they're super driven, but I needed to dial them back. So I I, I need to say like, hey, you don't need to go a thousand percent every single time. You can actually dial it down and still get amazing results. Because I remember there was one guy that I was working with, and he he was he was huge. He was already pretty big, and he was like, hey, I want to bench. 300 pounds and I'm saying well you already bench like 290 like mm-hmm. how about I get you to 350 um and but you're not going to like the way I do it and he, he was he was like what you mean I was like well you're not going to bench um I'm not going to have you benching I'm going to actually have you doing something else and he he didn't really understand until he started working with me mm-hmm. he trusted me and I actually was able to get him from I think it was around 270 275 in his bench press and I got him all the way up to 330 Mm-hmm. which was pretty dope, but yeah. doing it all, all without bench pressing. So that was a really cool cool thing, and that, that really helped my notoriety. But once I started to to get some some traction, uh, my, my wife at the time got a job uh, out of the state, and we had to move. So now I had yeah. to move. That's where I got into tennis. And then um, right after tennis, I said – I'm not going to be doing this anymore. And that's when I started to work on my own business. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I met our mutual friend, Adam Lyons. Yeah. And he said, Hey, I would really love to partner with you and bring you out to me. And here I am in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, working with entrepreneurs and um, high level executives, helping them uh, dial in their gut health and their brain health so that they could start making more money. 
Absolutely. I love it. And I, I love that that's your start of it, too, is Adam Lyons, <laughs> which yeah. is like a marketing genius. So it's like if, I, if I'm going to start a business, you know what I mean, with, with anybody in my corner, it's going to be that guy. So that's fantastic. So tell me about uh, OCAM's fitness. What, is that, what does that mean? Am I even saying it right? Uh, no, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, Occam's Fitness Occam's. for okay. Occam's. So um, people out there may may understand Occam's Razor, uh, which is the the minimal amount of effort uh, you're doing the the minimal amount to get the maximum results. Okay. Um, there's a lot of people out there that know Pareto's principle, which is eighty twenty, eighty percent of your results will come from 20% of uh, your people or your actions. And it's the same idea with Occam's Fitness. A lot of uh, people in the fitness industry are claiming to do all these ver various things in order to get you to a, a place that's only a very micro uh, improvement where I'm telling you, hey, let's do the opposite and let's work on uh, the two or three things that will actually get you the most improvement. And usually that comes down to optimizing one's gut, and uh, which in turn will optimize your, your brain. And also not really working out hours per week, but actually working out just 30 minutes a week. Um, it, 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 everyone says I'm full of crap <laughs> when, <laughs> when I do this. But um, there's a ton of research out there. It's just we don't want to talk about it because it would actually take down a full industry. Um, mm -hmm. When we look at it, gut health is the is the the number one organ that actually is responsible for your health. It's where seventy percent of your immune system lives. It's where you uh, uh, synthesize a lot of your brain neurotransmitters. You don't synthesize them in the brain; you synthesize them in your gut. And uh, the root of all disease is all in inflammation, and usually inflammation of the gut. So what I do is I show people exactly what foods are gonna optimize their gut health mm -hmm. and usually it's not what i say it's usually what you say and get them to understand a plan around that and start helping them optimize their muscle mass because muscle is the organ of aging the more muscle mass you have within the structure of your frame mm -hmm. um the 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 slower you age so obviously we want to make sure we optimize muscle and not fat and once we start doing that then everything else starts to fall in line and we can start sleeping better, start making more money. We're more productive. Um, our, our our relationships get better because we're not as moody. So there's a <laughs> lot of it really. It sounds funny, but yeah. our personality is actually in our gut. It's not in our brain. <laughs> so a lot of people out there don't really understand this until they start really eating the foods that are good for them and they start feeling better. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, I get it now. So. Yeah, that just opens up all kinds of possibilities, you know, and just for entrepreneurs in general, because, you know, when you get into the growth space or the, the development space, you know, one of the first things you're presented with in terms of your physical fitness is 75 hard. And so the, yeah. whole, the whole concept is pushing your body to limits, pushing your disciplines to limits and creating this structure, you know what I'm saying? But it's all about excess, excess, excess. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so you're coming mm -hmm. in on the opposite side and, and you're preaching, hey, yes, that stuff is good for you in terms of your discipline and wrapping your mind around, hey, I, I have to be consistent in order to be su successful. But uh, you're saying, hey, let's get into the scientific pieces of it, the nutrition piece, which I think everybody understands that, hey, the fitness industry exists because we like to eat cheeseburgers and fries. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. like if we would just focus on the nutrition side and make better decisions there, we wouldn't have to work out, you know, five, six days a week or like overtrain or any of the stuff that you're talking about. So I would assume that that would be your answer in where entrepreneurs are getting it wrong in terms of fitness. And uh, I, they, they are. Yeah, go for mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, one of the biggest excuses you hear is I don't have enough time. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in, you know, meetings all day and, you know, I travel for work. And, and I've gotten trapped in that cycle before, too. It's like you make a decision. And, and you know what, where I'm getting trapped more than anywhere is like, all right, I get home. And, you know, maybe I, maybe I hit the gym in the morning, but I still need to do a run in the evening because I'm marathon training right now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. the, the gym is not enough. I've got to go out and put miles on the street, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then, like yesterday I got home, you know, my daughter had a really rough day in school. And so I knew I had to have a conversation with her. I knew I had to, you know, we had gotten steaks for dinner. So I knew I had to cook steaks and I knew I had to, uh, you know, spend quality time with my boys, you know, and mm-hmm. the family in general, my aunt was in town. So it was like, all right, do I have time for an hour, an hour and a half run, which I really needed to do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I made the decision not to do it. And now my whole week's off schedule, you know what I'm saying? So I, I can see, you know, hey, I'm making a, a good decision for my family because I'm focusing mm-hmm. on them for the evening rather than going on this run. But at the same time, it's like long term, that's not a good decision. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot to be said for this. Like, you, you have a lot on your plate, and you're doing, you're doing an amazing job as a business owner, a dad, uh, a, a husband, and everything. Um, there's a difference between keeping your optimal health mm-hmm. with just a few things and like training for an, an event. Yeah. Um, for someone who is training for like a specific event, it does take a little bit more to get to that place, mm-hmm. but it's not as much as you think. And actually you get better by doing the sport than you do by training outside the sport. There is something to be said for like um, uh, sports specific training, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people think, oh, okay, if I get into the gym, I'm gonna get better at my sport. And that's not correct because mm-hmm. I've seen, uh, uh, being as I've, I've seen both sides of uh, the people that are talented at their sport suck in the gym. The people that are great in the gym kind of suck on the field, and then there's the seventy percent that are like both. Yeah. Um, and most people don't. Most people just need a little bit of work in the gym to optimize their sport. They don't need to go the other way around. So for you, um, training, uh, getting your getting your mileage is is super important for the success of running a marathon. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that running a marathon is going to make you healthy. Right. And so, you know, and this is, and I don't know if other entrepreneurs struggle with this too, but it's like, if we don't have a target to reach, mm-hmm. then, then that's when the discipline slip, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, if I wasn't on 75 hard, if I yep. wasn't trying to hit a squat goal or something like that, or I wasn't trying, you know, in this case, run a marathon. And I, yep. and I know that's the reason I did it. Somebody of says, course. hey, I run marathons. And I'm like, Hey, I need a goal. I need a physical goal right now. So I'm going to do that with you. All right. I'm going to run a marathon in December. And so like yeah. I have something to work after. So the work on the way there is what keeps, keeps me healthy. You know what I'm saying? Or keeps me focused on the staying healthy part. Right. But that's not a way to live. You know what I mean? And so tell me more about the gut health piece. 
because I think that's the education that needs to happen here. Because mm -hmm. if, we, if we get educated on that and we truly turn a corner and believe in that, then maybe we can stop setting these crazy, crazy goals, which are cool and fun, you know what I'm saying? But you don't have to live your life with another target every time that you reach one, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, <clears throat> and it's okay to have like targets and goals. Um, I just wouldn't have that in the gym. I would have that in some sort of competition or sport. Um, you can still compete with yourself inside of weight training, mm -hmm. but it's just about lifting more weight. Um, and you can, you can do that by lifting more reps, <clears throat> lifting more weight, or doing it in less time. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like, I have to lift 400 pounds for my bench press. I have to lift 500 pounds for my, my squat and you know 700 pounds for my deadlift. Mm -hmm. Those are powerlifting metrics. Sometimes it's just like I'm a little bit more limber um, or the transfer that I get from the, weight, from the weight room into the sport is much better. So I usually tell people that they need to go like find a hobby. Um, in the case of Adam, when I was working with him, it was uh, he, he loves martial arts and he loves um, fighting. So he said, hey, my punches are quicker. I'm more intimidating. You know, I, I, I can grapple better. Uh, people can't can't really handcuff me as quickly. So those are really those are things that he sees. But for me, um, I play other sports. I, I do not make it about the gym. I make it about sports, pickleball, pickleball oh, or nice. tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are my sports. Um, but at the same time, uh, the gut health makes a huge difference because I'm trying to make it so that I have enough energy to be on the on the court. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm trying to figure out where I should start in terms of gut health. Um, there's a there's a term that I think uh, a few people may have an understanding about. Um, there are parts of the world called blue zones. And these zones are places where uh, the the lifespan is really high. Okay. Um, women live until in, uh, into their 90s on a regular basis. Uh, mortality rates are really, really low. Uh, people are, are happy. Um, they're, they're, they're excited, excited about life. They have purpose. And one of the things they found is that they all live, they all have a very different diet. So they don't have this one diet, this carnivore, keto, paleo, right. vegan diet. They all have a very diverse diet uh, for each of them. Um, if you take any of those people and put them on a different diet, they would actually start gaining weight. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because they all have different gut microbiota based on their own culture, environment, um, what they're eating, the soil, and everything of the sort. This means that everybody should be eating a little bit more towards their, their biology and their ancestry. So uh, for me, for instance, uh, my ancestry is very much uh, African, mm -hmm. African and Caribbean. Um, the amount, the, the types of food that are available to me in those regions are a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of fish, um, a lot of um, kind of wild meats. Because I'm not going to find, you know, cows grazing the land. I'm probably going to find goats. I'm going to mm -hmm. find iguana. I'm going to find snake, rattlesnake, and all that stuff. And I can actually eat those. But I'm also going to find a lot of fish. If I start eating that way on a regular basis, my mental health goes up. Mm -hmm. um, my, my, my happiness levels goes up. My sleep gets better. Um, and it's all because I'm actually feeding my body, the feeding my gut the foods that it knows and, it, and it's able to, to do something with, mm -hmm. which is exactly what everybody else needs to be 
to be doing as well. So figuring out your ancestry is a great thing to do. So you're like, okay, let me see what the, the foods of this region were. And we have access to so much food that we can get anything that we want anytime. Very true. You know, that makes a lot of sense logically because, you know, you think about the way that people are built in general. And when you look at their ancestry, they were built a certain way for a certain reason, you know. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't we eat different foods based on where we're from or our ancestors and and our genetic makeup? So is there... Is there a test or something that you can do to basically figure out, okay, what does my gut like? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I'll actually give you, give everyone exactly what I do. Okay. Um, it's called Viome, uh, V-I-O-M-E, and uh, it's a really simple test um, sent right to your door. Um, and all you do is take a, a stool sample mm-hmm. and you send it back to the lab and they analyze it. They send it back to you, and then all of a sudden you come uh, with a list of foods. Like, hey, these are the foods that are your superfoods, and they're also based on your own uh, health history. So these are the foods that are actually going to help you reverse your your pre-existing illnesses if you have any. Mm-hmm. And then they also have foods that are your avoid foods. Hey, you already have this issue. These foods actually exacerbate it, make it worse. So you might want to stay off of these foods. And you're not staying off of them for a long time because our, our guts actually change. So if anybody out there is like, oh, man, I'm never going to have a pizza again, that's not really correct. Um, you, you will be able to have it as long as you're able to start repairing your gut. And it's simple as you know, eating those foods, a few supplements, mm-hmm. um, probiotics. And actually one of the best things that you can do is that start eating fermented foods. And if anybody doesn't understand fermented foods, these are things like yogurt, kombucha, kefir, um, Kimchi, sauerkraut, um, if you're a vegetarian, tempeh is a really good uh, fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Sourdough bread is some fermented. And these are just foods that um, develop bacteria, really good bacteria that when you ingest them actually change the microbiome of your gut. And they've actually done a study, Harvard just did a study maybe about a year and a half ago where they took did 10 weeks of a um, like 36 or 37 people and had them eat one serving of fermented foods. And after 10 weeks, their gut microbiome changes changed. Uh, their sleep improved. They, their feelings of overall uh, well-being actually improved. So it, it was just fermented foods. It had nothing to do with like fiber or meat or anything of that sort. Very cool. Man, you know, and I've seen some research done on this type of stuff before. Uh, my mom, she's very into health in general, right? She had me eating tofu and kimchi mm. when I was a kid, and I hated it. If you've never had tofu <laughs> spaghetti, if you've ever had tofu spaghetti, you probably didn't ever eat it again <laughs> after that, you know? <laughs> uh, but the, the kimchi was a real thing. Every night it was like baked chicken, rice, kimchi, and beans. You know, that was our dinner like three or four nights a week. And, uh, yeah, I'll never eat any of those things again except for the rice. <laughs> I love rice. <laughs> rice that, is a staple. Yeah, that kind of ruined me. But it makes a lot of sense, though, because, you know, I want to say she's nearing 60 now, and she looks like she's 42. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. She's, she's a very young-looking woman for her age. And it's because she's been taking care of her, her body her whole life. And she's been aware and, you know, I know a lot of these things are more trendy now, but she's been aware of them since I was a kid, you know. And so that's kind of like my like, hey, 
Doug, you should be doing all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, instead of, you know, right now the supplements that I'm taking is like, you know, obviously my greens, but also, uh, turmeric and, um, ginger are two big ones for, uh, you know, inflammation after running and everything and oh, yeah. helping my ligaments and all that. So I'm, I'm doing it just for, again, that target, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can't make the correlation between, okay, why is Doug talking about this stuff on building great sales teams? This is stuff that should be transferred to your sales team. This is stuff that should be transferred to your organization as a whole, you know, and I think there's a huge opportunity that a lot of, you know, fit people in the fitness industry miss out on. And it's like, you know, as entrepreneurs, yes, I'm worried about myself, but what, what's going to hold me more accountable than, Hey, bringing in Linnell's program to my company and saying, Hey, I'm going to be doing this guys. You can do it with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And these are the things we can focus on. And then, and then having that five, 10 minute conversation on company wide calls every week. It's like, Hey, so what do you guys think of kimchi? Is that not the grossest thing you've ever had? <laughs> but, but that's my point. It's like, all right, you know, I know everybody knows the areas that they're weak in. Some people are very good in health and fitness. It's just part of their lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's an area that I have a lot of improvement to, to make on. And so if that's the case, then you need to be executing on some of these strategies that Linnell's giving us for sure. So... Mm-hmm. Gut health, in turn, produces good brain health. Kind of explain that correlation a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's a there's one nerve that connects the brain to the gut, um, and, and it's like a super highway, and it's called the the vagus nerve. Okay. And basically, uh, everyone understands this. If you ever had a gut feeling, it's actually your gut sending a signal to your brain, like, "Hey, don't trust this," or "This is actually a good." Um, and it can be. Uh, it could be impaired by just uh, stress within the gut on a regular basis, inflammation within the gut on a regular basis. Um, this this gets a little deep, but I do believe that just the fact that our, our food system is so poor, especially in the U.S., that we have access to lots of processed food, that it has increased the amount of anxiety, uh, stress, and depression on a regular basis. Um, I think if we started getting back to more natural foods, it would be good. And for me to talk to an entrepreneur or, or a salesperson who is whose time is really, really short, who, you know, if I told them to meal prep, they'd laugh in my face. Um, every single one of these solutions are don't fit the person who is who whose time is so valuable that for me to say, hey, cook a meal, uh, they just laugh in my face. However, there's still ways that you can uh, optimize your food, even on the run, even traveling, um, even going from city to city. It's not about it's not so much about, you know, eliminating the foods that you love. It's about finding the foods that love you back. But you can find them at all types of restaurants, gas stations, stops, and everything. And I think um, Alex Ramosi is starting to to do more content on this. He's starting to go into gas stations and be like, hey, you know, if you want to hack, pick up this, pick up some tuna, pick up some beef jerky, and then now you have 100 grams of protein right here. Um, if you need, a, need something else, this sandwich right here, this one will have this amount of protein. And, you know, if you need some vegetables here, here's some good vegetables. So he's starting to... To understand that the market doesn't want to to meal prep, they want to they want some quick quick tips, and you can still get a really good healthy body, 
and a healthy gut without um, without meal prepping every day, mm-hmm. and that actually will lower the amount of stress that is going on in your lifestyle, and your brain will start to, to open up because now you don't have to make decisions about what to eat, um, I think. Yeah, go for a, it. That's a real thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. this weekend, I literally have scheduled in my calendar to go through my closet and literally get rid of 90% of my clothes and just, like, reduce... <laughs> Yeah, that's just one of the ways I want to reduce the decisions I have to make every day. And then, like, so I, I'm kind of a hybrid, right? I like I love to cook, mm-hmm. but I I hate three day old chicken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I can taste it. And so what I've been doing is just kind of overcooking for dinner. You know, buying the bigger bigger packages of meat at the grocery mm-hmm. store. And so I'll have like two days of yeah. you know, and and I have I've been eating uh, lunch for breakfast a lot. So you know, today it's chicken, green beans, and rice. You know, yeah. and I had brought two of them to the office. I ate one at 10 and I'm going to eat one right after this call, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like these little adjustments. I'm not at my fridge isn't full of 17 meal preps. You know what I mean? Cause that's just, it's, it's not productive for my lifestyle, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah and, and, that, and that's why it's so important that somebody gets the foods that are good for them mm-hmm. and not have to guess like, Oh, what should I eat today? Yeah. Can I get a recipe? You know, if you have the foods that are available to you mm-hmm. and all you do is just look on here and say, this, this, and this. Boom. Yeah. You're done. You don't. You don't think about it. You just eat it because you know it's good for you. And then you have the. And then. And I'm a big proponent of like. Um. I, everyone calls them cheat meals. I call them refeed meals, where you give yourself a chance to like actually be a human and yeah. live like a normal person. And that's when you go out with with your boys, go out with the family, mm-hmm. and you you actually have a, a pizza or you have some burgers or you have. Italian food. It doesn't really matter, but at least you're starting to enjoy yourself. And that one meal out of your 21 meals throughout the week isn't going to damage you. Yeah, it's it's just like okay, well, that was easy. And there's and there's ways to mitigate that. So um, I, actually, this is another thing. I'll give this to all to all your listeners. If you ever eat a meal and you're like, I know I'm gonna feel gross the next day. Um, here's a simple uh, simple stack that you can have that will mitigate anything. Um, number one, uh, always have uh, fish oil available, uh, omega-3 okay. fish oil. You should be getting probably about three or five grams per day is a really good thing. So that's number one. You can also do um, uh, alpha-lipoic acid, which is another fish oil. Um, usually fats are really good when it comes to being anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so alpha-lipoic acid is a derivative-ish of fish oil and it works really really well you can get another one to two grams of that um i would also do probably about uh 10 grams of glutamine and glutamine is a conditionally essential amino acid um they use it for burn victims to help them heal faster so that shows you that um it really helps with the immune system but you can get 10 grams uh they come in capsules they come in um powder and you can just put it in your water, drink it right before you go to bed and you should be fine. If you do those two things, by the time you wake up in the morning, um, you'll be at least 50% better, if not 100% better, depending on how well you take it. And those are conducive to gut health? Is that oh, yeah. Why? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, fish oil is probably the, if you if anybody types in fish oil and a disease, um, they will always see a beneficial effect from it because uh, fish, oil, fish oil is... Um, anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. and helps with almost everything. Uh, it's probably why people are so attracted to the Mediterranean diet because it's a lot of uh, seafood and fish. 
uh, along with olive oil and nuts. So every every one of those has uh, a good amount of omega three uh, fatty acids in them. So, and then uh, alpha lipoic acid is a derivative, and glutamine is something that you can't really get from meat. Mm-hmm. Where would you get it? Yeah, you can't really get it outside of many um, foods that I'm thinking of. Maybe collagen. Okay. Uh, you can get it and you can get glutamine from, but it's not really available to a lot of um, in a lot of foods. Yeah, going back to the decision making, like one of the most stressful parts of my day, if I don't have something prepped or something ready to go, is getting on DoorDash and like trying <laughs> to make a healthy decision. Because what's what's on there? It's it's okay. Yeah, Chipotle, but- which. You know, okay, we're we're in the neighborhood of a healthier decision, but then next to it is, you know, fried chicken that, that's yep. thrown in a sauce, and then next to that is pasta. All your favorite things are all around it, oh, and you're supposed Love to, it. on a daily basis, pick the right one. <laughs> and, and, and this is why people struggle with motivation. They struggle with willpower because they they hit the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They've made thousands of decisions throughout the day, and then they get they get to the last part of the day, and they're like, screw this. I'm having, I'm having my favorite food, and it, mm-hmm. they they eat it. But everyone has felt this within 20 minutes. You kind of like, yeah. damn it, yeah. why did I do that? Knowing yeah. <laughs> yeah. damn well, knowing damn well, it wasn't even good for you. But you know, we're just we're tapped. Yeah. You know, and especially the higher level you get, the the more people that you have under you, the more uh, your decisions have such a consequential impact. The worse. The, the worse your decisions will get at night. So um, it's important that you have a list of foods that you can be like this, this, and this. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now you don't have to think. You know you're going to be good. Um, if you don't have an emotional attachment to food, it's even better. Yeah. But food is food is emotional. So uh, this is what makes it really, really hard. That makes a lot of sense. All right, let's switch, <laughs> switch gears here. Not really too much switching, but... Um, okay, so a popular term in the entrepreneur space right now is biohacking. So mm-hmm. what does it mean and why should high-performance individuals care about it? Um, biohacking is a way for you to, to, to change your physiology through, your, through some sort of external means. That's really all it, it means. Um, the reason why you want to biohack is because uh, we all go through little lulls throughout you know the day the month the week um and we need to find a way to 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 get back to to normal um one of the best biohacks is having a really good circadian rhythm um because we can easily get thrown off by um our sleep is poor um we haven't woken up on time um we're working late into the night and uh if you can actually get your circadian rhythm to be really really regular you'll find that your routine that you know the discipline of your day is going to be much much better so waking up at a certain time and actually getting sunlight or some sort of light in your eye really really fast don't just shine a flashlight in your face but um it's even better if you can go outside you know get some sunlight you know let the let your let your body feel some some sunshine that's a really good thing and then at night um uh doing whatever you can to limit the amount of blue light that you that your eyes see um at least one hour before bed even better two hours before bed Mm -hmm. if you can't um get yourself some blue blocking glasses 
These are probably one of the best things that you can get. They're really, really inexpensive right now. I was shocked. Um, but they're probably one of the best things that you can get. You can go to like Blue Blocks or True Dark or Amazon and mm-hmm. just pick up some blue blocking glasses. I mean, you know, they're, they're pretty dope. I like it. You still be fresh yeah. in your house, you know. <laughs> be fresh. Be fresh and be fresh for the camera. Yeah. Um, and when people ask, you'd be like, Yeah, I'm just uh protecting my circadian rhythm. I like to I like for mm-hmm. things to be really, really uh on point and mm-hmm. you know, people are gonna be like, Wow, that's really good. That's really good. So um biohacking is very, very important. Uh but it's not like doing all this extra stuff. It's really just um being in the natural rhythm of the of your day. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, one of the, the and I always go back to these trendy things because I, I want to know, okay, where do they come from? Are they actually effective? And then are they necessary, right? And so one of the things that I'm seeing a lot, and I'm sure you're seeing a lot, is the cold plunge. Mm. So what's the science behind it? And is, is this something, you know, okay, so for instance, I'll give you my own experience. Um, I haven't done the cold plunge, but one of the things I do pretty regularly is after a long run, typically five or more miles, I'm coming back to the house and I'm immediately getting in a cold shower. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. when I do that, I feel amazing afterwards. And then throughout the day, the aches and pains and sore muscles set in and everything. But for the most part, it gives me like a good two hour high after Mm -hmm. that where Mm -hmm. I feel great. And and I shouldn't because I just ran a half marathon, you know what I'm saying? And so what's the, what's the, the science behind that and your thoughts on it in general? So there's so many things that are going on here. Um, number one, when you go home and take a cold shower, um, all your blood is rushed out to your extremities. So your blood is rushed to your, your working muscles. So after, after a long run, you got a bunch of blood in your legs. Mm-hmm. To get fresh oxygenated blood, uh, one or two things happen. You have to pump more blood back into your heart. Or you have to get your body to, to restrict its vessels so it pumps all the way up. So what you did is just basically jump into a cold shower and made your body do the work without you moving. So now fresh uh, fresh blood gets pumped back into your heart, gets oxygenated from, from your lungs, and then gets sent back down. So now you have um, new, new blood into your legs, and it kind of... Uh, uh, starts the the process of healing much much faster. Okay, so that's the first thing. The next thing is that um, cold actually helps with stress. Um, you're you're exposing yourself to a stressful response on a regular basis, and because of that, you'll actually get to the point where you're managing stress better. It's actually a really good thing. I actually used to do that way back in. Oh my gosh, 20, 2005, mm-hmm. um, where I was like, there's something to this cold thing. Because if someone comes into into a workout and they're kind of, you know, dragging, sluggish, you know, they they look like crap, um, I put their feet in cold water mm-hmm. and it instantly kind of shocks them. And they're like, okay, okay, I'm ready, but I won't let them get out until they hit about two minutes. And by the time they hit two minutes, they jump on their exercise and their, their nervous system has started to fire and they're kind of ready. Because it's the adrenaline that's just hit you from the cold. Um, Wim Hof is probably the the best known person that has talked about cold therapy. And it's basically a way for you to start controlling your physiology despite its uh, environments. Uh, I actually like cold plunges. I think everyone should do them. Um, And it it really forces you to... To, to level up mm-hmm. in a way that you're you're starting to manage your own physiology. So 
kudos. You should definitely you should you should get a cold cold plunge. Like <laughs> if you do it, um, you'll have so many people kind of like jumping in with you. It's a it's a great thing. Awesome. And they, they're selling they're selling them for yeah. a relatively relatively inexpensive. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Um, now it's is you don't have to worry about the ice. It's just the the tub gets the water, yep. whatever yep. you need. So you're good to go on that. Yeah. All right. So we've kind of gone through the gut health piece, you know, and how that helps your brain health, and then getting into some of the biohacking tools. Um, where where other what are some other areas of opportunity that you see for entrepreneurs or just you know high performance individuals in general to kind of take back control of their health? Um, uh, the biggest thing is still weight training. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to always load our body with some sort of external resistance. Um, there for anybody who's a high performer who wants to be better, um, it is about seeing progress and progress uh, with iron. Is probably the easiest way to measure progress. Did I get better? Did I lift more weight? Did I lift more more reps than I did last time? Um, mm. Did I do it in less time? Um, uh, if you do that on a regular basis, number one, you maintain more muscle mass because muscle does you do decrease uh, you do lose muscle as you age. But if you gain a lot of muscle, it doesn't take a lot to maintain it. So you need to maintain it throughout your life, and it only takes about twice a week to maintain the amount of muscle mass that you have because after eight weeks you lose i believe you lose about 50 percent of your muscle mass or your my bad you lose 50 percent of your strength gains after mm-hmm. eight weeks so that's just that we they've done a bunch of different studies and uh and strength and conditioning about that so you can so this is why when uh, athletes in season are are playing by the time they hit the 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 end of the season, those athletes are weak, they're tired, they're dead. Um, they need some sort of recovery period before they can start getting back into the weight room and start working out. So um, for all the entrepreneurs out there, lift some weight. It doesn't have to be powerlifting, doesn't have to be bodybuilding, just has to be some sort of uh, regimented plan that focuses on all the all the muscle groups. So that's probably the best thing that you can do. Awesome. So one of the last questions I have is about your business. And um, so what is kind of the next evolution for you guys? What's the next level? What are you guys looking forward to in your business? So so I have a pretty big goal. I was talking about this uh, with a friend of mine who uh, helps venture capitalists find um, startups. Okay. And one of the things that I'm trying to do with my business is understand why it is that more that people are failing when it comes to actually sticking to a plan, being healthy, and, and you know getting to where they want to go. Um, and surprisingly, the sticking point is food. The sticking point is recipes. The sticking point is you know what do I eat and how do I find it. And so what I want to do is take Oakham's Fitness and people's gut health. And make it so that it's so easy to eat really well that they have no choice to do it. The only reason they don't want to do it is because they just want to be defiant. <laughs> and at that point, you say you're just wasting your money. Um, yeah. You can just do what you want to do. But to start pairing 
um, food and how it changes your physiology to your own health markers because right now we have such amazing technology from Apple Watch to Whoop to Aura Rings that we can pretty much understand how food changes your physiology that we can start matching um, the foods that you need to eat to how your physiology is changing. Um, so if you can start seeing those metrics together, I think more and more people will start to say, I get it and I need to start eating better. And it, and at a certain point, I think it might reform the, the food industry, which is a big ask. But if that ever happens, I would love to be a part of it because I think our food industry needs a lot of help. Um, uh, they need to not be motivated by money and motivated by the humanity and actually keeping people healthy. But I don't think that's their motivation. Now, that's going to be a tough one, brother. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a big ask, but that doesn't mean that you that's can't a have one. a movement within it. That doesn't mean you can't start the spark that creates the change. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think we all want it. I think, you know, as I stand here and my left knee is hurting, probably due to inflammation because I've been standing most of the day, I have a standing desk. And, you know, when you hear things like this, you start doing a personal, I guess, uh, accounting of every feeling you have in your body. And you're like, man, I wonder if I did that test, if I could get rid of that feeling. And, you know, it, I'd be more comfortable in the shirt because I wasn't a little overweight, you know, or after runs, I would feel better. You know, just that start when you start doing that accounting of all the feelings you're having in your body, and I don't mean mental and emotional the actual physical ones, um, I think the motivation gets real, you know? Yeah. And, it, yeah. and when people are, they're in those moments, you know, like you said, when they have decision fatigue, they forget about those moments where they were miserable because they were supposed to be having fun on this vacation, but they didn't fit right in their clothes or they didn't feel good. They didn't have the energy to get up and go to the early hike and see the beautiful view or whatever the case was. Like they're missing so much of their lives because – so have something that can be so simple to fix, you know, mm -hmm. which is the food intake, the gut health, the brain health, and therein after everything flows so much more productively, you know, oh, yeah. is what I've gotten from this conversation. Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, as I think about it, like listening to your story when you when you kind of talked at the Apex event, mm -hmm. it, it really hit home with me that I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing in terms of my mental health, in terms of uh, connecting with my future self. Mm -hmm. So, you know, part of what I'm doing with Oakums is trying to help people understand their future self. It's like, you know, yes, you're crushing it now or maybe you're not crushing it. Yeah. But is it about you working harder or is it about you defining the systems that are going to work for you so that way you can start getting to a better place? And if you can start doing that and you have to bring your health with you, mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden you get to your future self and you're like, thank you. You know, I, I really appreciate you actually you know, taking care of the, the things that you needed to take care of, including your health, because now we can excel. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking at Apex, it was I went back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't been meditating. I haven't been journaling. I haven't been, um, you know, uh, taking care of, of visualizing the things that I want to manifest. And since then, I've actually been, you know, on that path a lot more and starting to see, you know, progress, you know, awesome. so I have to thank you. Uh, for that, because it was like a slap in the face, like, 
why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's simple, but it's you know it's almost too simple that we're like, ah, I'll do that later. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is this is my gift to to a lot of entrepreneurs who are providing mm-hmm. a lot of jobs, who are you know the the backbone of the economy and saying, hey, you know, don't just go through life like saying this is the way I am. Like you can't change it. It's just going to take a little bit of work, but you're already working hard. Uh, why don't you put in another 20% and I'll, I'll help you get there. I love it. And that's the, that's the simple fact of it is, is that just focusing on it for a little bit, creating a regimen, creating a design, like you said, systems, putting those systems in place can improve your performance so much more, you know, cause we're, we're sacrificing with a burger or we're sacrificing with family time or we're sacrificing with our mental health because we're in this, in this grind. Right. And uh, I think a lot of the work hard mentality is going to start exiting the entrepreneur space very soon because a lot more of us are getting smarter about it and understanding, hey, I can give up a little profit and hire someone for that or I can take care of my gut health and my performance is better. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I can work less during the day or I can minimalize my decisions every day in food and what I wear and my schedule by keeping the same thing and uh and then perform better and then all of a sudden you know books like the two-hour work week make a lot more sense (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) i I definitely compressing time yeah i definitely think social media has made more entrepreneurs um understand that they may not be doing everything correctly Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm blessed you know to be in uh adam circle because he's sharing what he what he does but even then he works really hard yeah (laughs) But he also has a lot of people around him that are uh, uh, that he has to guide, and then he has to you know push forward. Mm-hmm. But he's still executing at a really high level, and he's taking care of his kids, and he's taking care of his wife. Mm-hmm. And so everyone can do it. It's just a matter of you know, do you want the do you want the the instant gratification, or do you want the delayed gratification? Because the, the the delayed is always better than the instant unfortunately. <laughs> that's incredibly fair. I mean, that's very, very true. And it, it is hard to get through the delayed piece because you don't get that dopamine hit right away. You got to wait for it, but then it's constant after that, you know, once yeah. you get the, yeah. the return on investment. Uh, so before we got that, I, I remember when we did my podcast, I shared um, Andrew Huberman. Did you ever get a chance to like check him out? You know, and that was okay some of the stuff it. that we were going to get into on this one because I haven't gotten into it yet. And I was like, man, I would, this would be so much better if I had some stuff for <laughs> Linnell to jump into it about it with. But I appreciate you holding me accountable on that. It's, it's I, all right. I did talk, I did put it out there though. I talked to my, my family yesterday, my aunts in town and my wife. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely thinking about getting into psychology and eventually getting my degree in it. Um, as kind of like a hobby for the second half of my life, you know, outside of entrepreneurship, really understanding, because I already have a, I don't know how to say this, a uh, instinct about people in general. I'm able to have conversations with them and steer them towards kind of the the truth in the situation, right? And so um, psychology has always been incredibly interesting to me, but but what were you going to say? 
So uh, you said the the dopamine hit yeah. doesn't come as fast. Um, mm-hmm. In Andrew Huberman, he talks about he he, he talks about all the brain health. Um, if anybody's listening and don't know who Andrew Huberman is, he's a, a Stanford um, neuroscientist, and he basically has a podcast where he's sharing every little ounce of information about the brain from. Um, how the brain works to uh, neurotransmitters to addiction, dopamine, depression, um, even strength training. Like he he is he is becoming like a, an uber library in terms of brain. Uh, but one thing he says about dopamine is that if you want to get your dopamine back in check, you have to have dopamine be a part of just the structure of doing the work. Which okay. means that it's not about the reward. It's about I'm doing this mm-hmm. and that because I'm doing this and completing this, I'm going to get my dopamine hit. Yeah. The fact that I'm doing it is the dopamine, which is which is really, really hard for a lot of people because I've been there where I start getting into work and my mind goes off and I'm like, ah, let me check YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> that looks fun. Ah. That looks fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's that over there? Um, but I'm getting better at like checking myself and be like, nope, I'm going to finish this. Then I can get up and do something else, um, which is which is much better. So for anybody out there who's saying, oh, yeah, you get your dopamine when you complete a task, you get your dopamine when you um, are about to get a reward. Mm-hmm. And the getting of the reward has to be like, I'm going to get this done. Yeah, and that dopamine hit is way stronger and more sustainable than when I finish this, I get this. That makes a lot of sense, and yeah, it's massive. I mean, it's one of the things that I talk about when I talk about time blocking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting that dopamine hit from completing that time block, like you said you would, versus the result of that work. Yep. It, yep. A hundred percent, and it, and it's something that I've been working hard on this past six months because I never had that before. I've always been very like laissez-faire with my schedule and, you know, go where the wind blows kind of thing, you know, and that's why I've struggled in my business over the years in terms of growth because, yeah. you know, you hit a ceiling. You do if you don't structure your time. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, last no. question I got for you um, has to do with legacy. I ask it of all my guests and uh, the question is, you know, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy are you going to leave behind? Oh man, this is such a, such a tough question. Um, legacy is making an impact in the world where they may not know who you were, but they know that this is the change that that's happened. Um, Steve jobs created a legacy and probably a lot of people may not know who he is by this point, Mm -hmm. but we can't live without an iPhone or an Android. I would love to have an imprint on the world of that magnitude to where I did something and people are like, well, this has always been a part of our life. It's like, nah, dude. (laughs) Before this, there was CDs. (laughs) Before this, there was mixtapes. Yeah, there was mixtapes. Yeah, cassettes. Do you remember people used to like scratch records? <laughs> yeah. So I would I would love to have that be be something because I've been thinking about health and fitness, and um, I, I think uh, you know to be blunt, I'm I'm not ostracized, but I definitely think very differently 
about health and fitness and some of my friends have been like you're not making any sense but i just know that there's a there's a lever that we need to to turn that's going to really change the 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 way people think about their health and i think right now um everyone's kind of going with the flow they understand the pan pandemic has made them think about their health more but there's still a bigger level lever to be turned and I haven't figured out what it is, but I'm thinking, and at some point I know it'll hit, and I'll be like, "Got it," and then we'll 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 hit the ground running on that. I love it. I love it because it's not just about your name; it's about the impact that you're going to leave on the world, and you want that to be bigger than your name. And it, and yeah. it will be. It'll be probably another twenty twenty five years. Someone will say, "Oh yeah, Steve Jobs did that." And they'll be like, "Who's yeah. Steve Jobs?" Yeah, exactly. Okay, you know <laughs> Apple. Yeah, he was the founder of Apple. You know. Yeah. Like, and so, really? yeah, and um, absolutely, I love it. All right, brother. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you brought a ton of value to the show. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out, maybe sign up for one of your programs, where do they do that yeah. at? Where's the best place for them to reach out to you at? Absolutely. Um, you can definitely see me on, on the Facebook, um, Linnell Beckles. And um, you can definitely catch me on Instagram, uh, Linnell Beckles Fitness, and TikTok at the same thing. I think I'm concentrating on those three. Mm -hmm. um, and then my my website is OccamsFitness.com, O-C-C-A-M-S, Fitness.com. Uh, every month I'll probably do a five-day challenge where I'll share exactly how the program works and um, share you know what foods that everyone needs to eat, how to actually structure your 15-minute workout and share exactly share real life examples of like how well it works so you can always sign up then and or just reach out to me and say hey can we talk i'll be happy to help happy to give you a consult see what i can do to help awesome brother well again uh it was an honor having you on the show thank you for all the value you shared and uh let's get building yeah thank you so much doug Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.